world. Surpass first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen coming at you Monday through Friday, each and every weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine, make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's show is the trade value rankings episode. Uh, this is an idea fully lifted from like Bill Simmons 20 years ago. Uh, full disclosure, I am not a big uh, Simmons podcast listener in these days, but I was a, a voracious Simmons reader in my youth. Um, and when I was a teenager, I was printing out his articles from page two to share them with my friends. Um, he was a big part of the sort of fandom for people of my generation, his voice and his way of writing, and then his trade value rankings. So basically what it is, is you, you know, he would run through the whole league and rank players based on, you know, who is the most, if they were on the market based on their age, their skill set, their contract, um, whether or not they were members of the Boston Celtics, uh, their trade value. So I've done this in the past, but I think it's been a few years since we've truly done it. So we're going to run through every player on the Blazers roster and rank them by trade value. This is like my subjective list. And if you've got complaints, lockdownblazerspod at gmail.com is the place to do that. Or just if you're a YouTube listener, y'all know where to complain. It's right there in the comment section. Uh, not worried about y'all. Um, but this is um, subjective based on my opinion of performance of the player's age of their contract situation and what I sort of generally think um, around the league um, I'm not going to pretend to be super plugged in here but I have some educated guesses about trades values and all that the, the person at the bottom of the list is the only player on the team that cannot be traded it's Skylar Mays and that's where we'll start Skylar Mays has the least trade value on the Blazers roster because based on when his contract was converted from a two-way contract to a uh, full-length NBA deal, he's not going to be on the team for the six months that it would take him to be traded before the February 8th trade deadline. So Skylar Mays, not getting traded. Uh, I guess potentially could get waived. He has a partially guaranteed deal, 850000 of of his $1.8 million is, is is guaranteed, and he gets paid after he'll get paid after that and if he's on the team after january 10th he's on the team regardless but skylar mays zero trade value because he cannot be traded uh in the spirit of of bill simmons i've also labeled my categories which is a very simmons thing to do uh and so you know shout out to the shouts of the og and the good people at page two um if you don't know what page two is look look it up youth or perhaps slightly older person Okay, the minimum throw-ins after you get um, Skylar Mays and uh, after you get after Skylar Mays is Ish Wainwright and Moses Brown. I, I don't think they have standalone value. Um, I don't even think they're sweeteners to make a trade more enticing. It's just like if you need to make the money work and you need minimum money to do so, 1.9 for Ish Wainwright and 2.1 million for Mo Brown. Those that's the minimum money to make it work. I, it's it, they're not um, no no standalone value, no intrigue, just players that if you for purely financial reasons, if you need to make it happen, you can make it happen with those two gentlemen. Then from from there, we move to the next category: young sweeteners. These are players who don't make enough money to be standalone tradable. Um, when you think about trade value, some of it is like, what can you get back? And when players don't make very much money, it's hard to get back stuff. Obviously, there's um, another world in which uh, DeAndre Ayton exists and you just make too much money and you are not tradable in the other direction. But think about if you're trading for a veteran, 
most sort of you're trying to get to that like mid-level money type of range. So that's between about 10 million and 15 million bucks. Well, if you make a million dollars, it takes a lot of you to cobble together to get up to $10 million. Like trades are hard to craft, starting with guys who aren't making a bunch of money. It doesn't mean that they aren't interesting and intriguing. It just means that they that their value in and of themselves, because they're not easy to to put in it to a trade and they're not so overwhelmingly talented that they would be have intrigue beyond just the, the, the financial stuff because you're trading for you're trading for contracts very often. That's what John Hollinger says. And I, I he's right. Um, but like these guys are sweeteners. These would be a tra- they, these could make a trade more appealing by the inclusion of these three players. I've got three players. I don't exactly know how I've ran- how I would rank them. I have them ranked like this: Chris Murray, Ryan Rupert, Jabari Walker. Um, those those I'm pretty I'm pretty flexible. With those very soft on those rankings. Uh, Murray. You know, he he's he looks like he's a competitive defensive player and has shot better since starting the season, basically unable to shoot. Ryan Rupert we haven't seen, but he's been pretty decent in the G League, particularly as a shooter. Um, we'll, we'll see what he becomes. He's so young that he has some, like, upside, and he just trade for upside. And Jabari Walker is a second-round pick who looks like he's going to be an NBA role player. It's just what is his ceiling, and um, he's a pretty serious negative on offense right now, but he's a competitive defensive player. He's improved a lot in, from year one to year two and some change year two and 25 games um so it is i think if you're concocting a trade and you're saying hey we'd like it we we have our eye on this young player murray and rupert and jabari walker might help you get over the finish line but in terms of standalone value those gentlemen don't have a lot of standalone value on their own the next one i want to talk about and i'll spend a little time in to close this segment is a tricky one it's under the heading maybe there's a less desirable contract deandre ayton's making too much money for his production and the idea was that he was going to get to portland outside of the shackles of the desert free from the weight of being the number one pick in Phoenix, a place where he didn't fit with his coworkers and didn't fit with the coach and needed to be free from the front office and get himself away and spread his wings. And in Portland, he's been worse. Part of it has been worse because the team doesn't have good spacing around him to give him space that he needs to play. Part of it has been worse because he seems like a player who would thrive with better teammates. When he had really good teammates in Phoenix, he was a better basketball player. He has worse teammates in Portland. He's not thriving. And part of it is because DeAndre Ayton doesn't always seem like he's playing very hard. And I think that has been more noticeable deeper into the season. In fact, early in the year, you can go back and play the tape. I was surprised with how little he was getting on offense in terms of production and shots and all of those things, with how hard he consistently played with the with the effort he consistently gave and I I said like hey this is commendable that he plays with this sort of juice since he's come back particularly from his injury it's like he's just he's just not fully engaged in the game which was kind of the knock on him coming out of phoenix it was the red flag coming from leaving the suns that's maybe why they didn't want to you know they didn't want to pay him in general and it and it, it, it's a, it's not a ton of games. It might just be a bad week. Just be you know bad. Whatever's going on in his life is not is not great right now, and he'll figure it out because these people are humans. Um, but like he hasn't been good. He's not been good. Uh, I, I like he it, he hasn't been objectively bad, but he did not take off. He has been worse than his career production with the Blazers, for a variety of factors. So they just laid out, and then you get to the money. 
He's owed $32.5 million this year. So even trading for DeAndre Ayton this year, you're going to have to come up with $30 million. Is there a team that values the center position at what DeAndre Ayton is, which is like somewhere in the league average range for centers? making $32 million. Okay, just getting to that money seems like a lot. I don't think teams, just in general, teams value superstar centers, like the top tier MVP centers, which of, of which there are a couple in the league, highly throw in, you know, Sabonis and whatever position you think Giannis Antetokounmpo plays and like big players get paid. Um, but they're different. They're different than what DA has been. So $32 million this year, and then 34 next year, and 35 and a half the year after that. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I don't think there's value out there. I do not think he is tradable at, um, on his own because I, I think the Blazers are the team that took the risk and have not, you know, 25 games in. So a long way to go. In fact, potentially like 100, roughly 200 more games. But, um, 200 maybe 225 if you if he plays all the regular season games but like it's the he has not played himself into be more to be a more valuable asset and he was basically salary dumped by his prior team so um to a not and they absorbed use of Nurkic who I don't think had a bunch of trade value in and of himself his value was that he could get you the money meet money to make it right to get off of DeAndre Ayton so Maybe there's, a, like I said, this is the category, maybe there's a less desirable contract out there, but that's what you'd be trading for, a less desirable contract. Um, you know, it's, we, you'll see, we'll see. You know, like I said, 25 games in, it's been a, it's been maybe 10 days of him looking kind of, uh, maybe a week of him looking kind of, but like he's looked, he's looked that way. And when you have a certain reputation and then you start to look that way, folks like me start to, start to get, you know, raise our eyebrows. Um, it's, it is it hasn't been a good recent stretch for DA and you couple that with his salary and he's that's why he's that low on the list in terms of trade value. I don't think you're getting back much much of anything useful for him right now. So what you got to hope is that you can re- rehabilitate this and make a roster that fits better around him and get more out of him and all the things that you thought might happen in the first 25 games that haven't. Hopefully in the next 60 they can get something that looks that fits for everybody's doing better. The Blazers are doing better and DA is doing better. And it just, it's, it's just more valuable for all involved because I'm sure DA doesn't want DA doesn't want to play poorly. Um, I'm sure he would love to, to, I would, he would, you know, love to spread his wings. Like he probably thought he was going to be able to here. Um, haven't seen much dominating. Okay. We've got other, we got other folks, the back, the second half of the roster that will tackle in the second and third segments, starting with, a category called, well, they would have been valuable. Let's talk about would have been valuable here in the second segment. But but first, I want to tell you about building a championship team. You know who knows about building a championship team? eBay Motors and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, which each and every week, Joshy, my man, is going to bring you the best fantasy picks all season long, whether you're prepping for your daily fantasy uh, or scouring way the waiver wire for a season-long team every week right here. I'm going to provide you with the players that are guaranteed to fit your roster as recommended by Josh and the good folks at eBay Motors. This is eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Uh, Josh has got some names this week to know, including Brandon Podzimski of the Golden State Warriors. You've seen him a couple times recently with the when the Blazers have faced up, faced off with Golden State, and like he's he's moved into the starting lineup. 
Um, he, he's, he, he fills up the stat sheet, he rebounds, he passes, he fits really well playing next to Steph. Um, he's a young player for the first time ever that, that, uh, Steve Kerr has, has trusted. And as, as Josh points out, Pods looks comfortable as a starter for the Warriors and widely available in fantasy leagues. He contributes across the board, defensive stats, rebounds, points. He can shoot it. Um, he's getting big minutes. Um, he is not available prior to doing this ad read. I checked in my league, not available in my league, um, uh, but could be available in yours and pods could be the person who flips your week, flips your season. Check it out. Josh Lloyd of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. And with over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Whether you need brake kits or LED headlights, or if you need a new roof rack, you need to update or upgrade your bumpers, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's going to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, with these prices, you're burning rubber, baby, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. It's eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. As we roll along with our uh, trade value ranking show, the next group we've got is the would have been valuable group. Two players in the would have been valuable group, Rob Williams and Matisse Thibel. Um, I thought about ranking Williams below DeAndre Ayton, but I, I, I kind of feel like Williams could have some let's take a risk and the less guaranteed money into the future matters. Like that, that that legitimately is a, is a, is a real thing. Like the, the money matters and Rob doesn't have, you know, Rob's only making an 11, 11 and a half million dollars this year. And he's in, he's set for 12 and a half the following season. And then 13 and a half after that, like, uh, it's long-term money, but it's not 30 some million dollars. Um, it's real that Rob Williams's career is looking, um, I don't know, in, in jeopardy is probably too strong of a word, but I, I it, it's, it is real that he has had a bunch of injuries that, that is just undeniable. So some of, some of my sort of consternation, my, my struggles with this is like, I don't think a team's going to trade for Rob Williams this season, but I do think there is a world in which they could take a flyer on him ahead of DeAndre Aiden. I don't feel super good about that prediction, um, but I think you know I think both of them are not going to get traded, uh, and I and and DeAndre needed his own space, and these rankings are soft anyways. Uh, you know, healthy Rob Williams was very going to be very very tradable, and that's the point of this category. He was going to be very very tradable. Whether the Blazers traded him was a whole nother question, but he was like, he is a very high level defensive player even though he's like, doesn't have any range on offense, his ability to pass and be a hub and offensive rebound. Um, he can, he can be a positive player on offense despite a really limited, uh, you know, individual offense. And he's, he can he roll to the rim and can be a lob threat and all of those things, but he's hurt out for the season. And, you know, hopefully he'll be back to being an NBA player again next year. But, um, he's just, he's had a lot of injuries the last, the last couple seasons. And it's, it is, um, that is a concern and it drives down sort of um, just for these rankings, 
drastically drops you. The other guy here is Matisse Thibel. And not because he's bad. Matisse Thibel's been straight up good. Um, he would just be higher on this list if he didn't have the situation he has contract-wise. He signed a... Um, as a restricted free agent, he signed an offer sheet with the Mavericks, and then the Blazers chose to match it. And when you get when a team matches your um, matches your offer sheet, you are granted for one year the right to veto any trade. It's essentially a de facto no trade clause. So Matisse can choose where he goes, basically, and that drives down his his trade value. If he could be traded anywhere, he's shooting you know in his Blazers career you know pushing up 40% from three he's he's an impactful defender uh can guard multiple positions is on a very reasonable three for 33 million dollar deal like you know he's got a trade kicker so he gets a little you know the the money goes up a little bit if he gets traded but it's like he if you could trade Matisse Thibel to anywhere and you could trade him to a good team who's trying to chase a championship, they would trade for him because he's he looks like he could be that, you know, whether he's like a big high-level playoff contributor is another thing, but like could he could he conceivably give you some reasonable minutes and he's on a really reasonable contract? He is. He would be highly tradable, but because he gets to choose where he goes, his trade value is diminished a little bit. Um, I don't anticipate the Blazers necessarily needing or wanting to trade Thibel. They, they certainly don't have to, but... Um, he would have more value for them if he didn't have the certain the specific contract situation that he does. Um, they don't need to trade him. I'll be like to, to be clear, they don't need to. They don't need to. They could, they could, and they and if they could find a place that he wants to go and get value for him, then great. Um, but if another team knows that Thibault gets to, you know, choose where he goes, they're not going to offer up the fattest package for him. So that's going to drive down his value. Okay. This is the too cheap to trade. It's one player in this one. We're down to the one player heading. Uh, too cheap to trade. Tumani Kamara. Just too cheap to trade. He's 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 a really impactful defender as a rookie. Um, the impact advanced impact stats suggest that he's just like straight up of very good on defense, um, and and is able to be you know at least close to a to a positive player despite being pretty bad on offense. But like you've got him under contract. He is, he's under a four year, fully non-guaranteed deal. Like he's really appealing. If you have him on your team, it's just too cheap, too cheap to trade. Um, you're not getting, the Blazers aren't getting back value for him because of how little money he makes. If he was making more money and you could trade him for a, a more, you know, a, a, someone making more cash than that with a bigger contract, be more valuable to another team. It's like, they, you know, do they have a rookie that they would flip for Tumani? Cause that's like, he's making rookie money, minimum second round money. Um, if it was different, if his, if his contract was different, it would be, he would be, have some real value. I don't think the Blazers are going to trade him. <laughs> like I don't, we're into that point where I, it's like, it's, you know, I don't think the Blazers are going to trade Tumani. I think that he's like a real find and a real get from the, from the, uh, from the trade with Phoenix and, and has some, real value in the near and medium and maybe even long term because he's already pretty impactful. And if he adds more to his offense, he can be a really good basketball player. But um, he's, it's just this contract thing, too cheap to trade. He's, he's more than a sweetener. He's more than a young player. He's like an interesting young like defender. Like he's freaking guarding Steph Curry pretty darn well against the Warriors. Every team in the league could love, could, could use a guy who, even if he only plays 16 to 19 minutes a game, it's like, in those 16, 19 minutes, you can stick him on Steph Curry. You can stick him on big wings. You can stick him on point guards. He can guard across the board. And you can just say, okay, we that will be at least 
competitive. We'll be competitive there and we'll figure out the rest uh, from there. If Dumani was making more money, and eventually he will be, um, hope, hopefully for him, he will have real value on the trade market for now. It just, it's just not the right type of cash. Uh, but he could be a heck of a sweetener if they find they find a deal. Heck of a sweetener. Again, I don't, <laughs> I don't think they're going to trade him uh, necessarily. Okay. Um, let's take a quick break. Come back and we have five more names on this list. Five more names. We'll close it out with the final five names. But first, I want to tell you about buying last-minute tickets. Last-minute tickets. No better place to do it than on the Game Time app. Um, the Blazers, they're going to go out on the road. January 1st for a seven-game road trip. They're gone for they're gone for a very long time. So you are listening to Tuesday, December 19th show. If, na- if between now and January 1st, you want to go see the Blazers, you're going to have a handful of opportunities to do so. And if you don't decide until the very last minute, that's great. Because Game Time is the number one spot for last-minute tickets. They're, they're an app built to sell you tickets when you procrastinate. Uh, what I like about it is because what you see is what you get. Uh, when you open up the phone, you search Trailblazers, you open up the app, you search Trailblazers, you get a map of the Moda Center, and you get, say, this ticket right here. It's going to cost you $125 to sit in good seats downstairs. No hidden fees, no convenience charges, nothing. You don't pay extra to have them email it to you. They just email it to you in a couple of clicks. And what you pay is what you get. So... If why why take take the guesswork, take the hassle out of buying last minute tickets. Head over to the Game Time app, download it, and when you do, put in the promo code locked on NBA and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Again, go to the g- download the app. Use that redemption code locked on NBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. O-N-N-B-A, you got $20 off your purchase. That's game time. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. All right, still pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers. Let's talk about the final five names on this trade value ranking list. This is where it gets dicey for me. I feel comfortable that everyone else is kind of roughly in the right range in terms of tiers. You know, I hemmed and hawed a little bit of what to do with Rob Williams because uh, he's just like not going to play basketball again until the fall. But um, beyond hemming and hawing, I feel comfortable with everyone is there in the, in the grand scheme. When you get here, it gets, it's some of this is the eyes of the beholder. Some of this is the things you will, you all, dear listeners, will disagree me with. LockedOnBlazerPodAgmail.com. Next category is what I call the protected first category, and that's Malcolm Brogdon. Blazers trade Malcolm Brogdon. What they can expect back is something like a protected first. Um, you know, he's going to have to make the money work. And so, you know, he's making $20 million, so, or 22 million bucks, $22.5 million, excuse me. He's under contract for next season. So if, if you were, he has value because if you're going to trade for him at the trade deadline, um, you get two playoff runs with Malcolm Brogdon. You trade for him in February, you get a playoff run from this season, and then you can have him next season, and then he'll be a free agent if you if you want. So you could get two playoff runs, a veteran team that looking to upgrade the value of two of, of two chances to make your push with with Brog much more appealing than than a expiring contract the way the league works. I mean for most teams, some teams expiring would have more value. It's obviously context based, but I think for for a lot of teams the the two playoff run trade is really valuable for Brogdon. And I think I think there is um I think that he is the only player on this team that I say they have to trade. They have to. They have to. They have to they have to they have too many guards that need to play minutes. Right now there's no way to reward Scoot Henderson for playing well. 
because there's veterans in front of him and, and, and young veterans in front of him that have to play. So if he plays, even if he plays really well, there's no way to kind of close with him and put out a reasonable lineup that isn't messy and like basically benches Brogdon and causes all types of politics when Brogdon is just like straight up better than Scoot and gets treated like that by NBA defenses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Malcolm Brogdon, if, you know, on the trade market, he can help veteran teams. He could help teams that are kind of one guard away. He could be a bench player. I think like that's the thing is like he's a six man of the year. He's comfortable coming off the bench. So you're not going to trade for a guy that you have to shoehorn in the starting lineup. Um, he, can, he can score his best skills as a scorer, can pass a little bit, can defend a little bit, and, um, you know, has has played in high-level basketball games. He struggled a little bit for the for the um, Celtics in the playoffs last year, but has played in high-level basketball games with with a couple different teams. He's um, he, he's helpful, and if the Blazers can trade him for a, for a you know, a lightly protected or lottery protected first-round pick, I think his value is not too dissimilar from what Josh Hart's value was when the Blazers trade him for a Cam Reddish type young flyer and then a draft pick. I think Brogdon is probably a l- in that same range, maybe a little better because of the score, because he can, he can really score, but point guard, probably less va- valuable position to trade for. Okay. Next combo is, or next, next, uh, title is combo guards, huh? This is Amphrey Simons. Like I, combo guards just don't have a ton of value, but Embry Simons, he's been really good on offense. He can, he can, he can be a, a really, really high level scorer. You know, everyone says like, why don't they bring Ants off the bench? The goal for the Blazers is to have a good enough team that Amphrey Simons can comfortably come off the bench. It was always the plan with, with, with CJ McCollum. It's like, what if you built a good enough team that it made sense to make him into a six man? Um, it is Simons has kind of graduated to that level. He's not a top tier a1 you know lead guy but he's good enough on offense to score against any team in the league in a variety of ways he's improved as an attacker improved as a playmaker gets himself to the free throw line more often his gravity helps everyone on offense he's 24 years old he's under contract for three more seasons like he's he is um if his prototype, his archetype rather, had more value, Amphrey Simons would be at the top of that list. Like, it, Amphrey Simons is straight up better than Jordan Poole. Um, I, I don't even want to bring up the Tyler Hero thing, but like, he's certainly in that same range. I think a, 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 a lot of folks think a Hero's better. I kind of think Ant's better, but I think it's close. Neither of those two gentlemen have had much trade value. You know how I know that? Because the Miami Heat been trying to trade Tyler Hero for like three years. If that type of player had trade value, Tyler Hill would play for another team, and Amphrey Simons is in that same boat. And even if and if you think he's a little worse, then he has a little less trade value. If you think he's a little better, then he has a little more trade value. But I don't think you're getting back a star package for him because he's not a star. I don't think you're getting back this he, this like great deal. I think he is more valuable to the Blazers as just like the dude who can go score and props up the offense and makes things easier than he is as like the player who you can trade and upgrade the roster. Hopefully he he grows into that, or hopefully um, he might not grow into that. He might always be this. I think, moreover, it is easier to trade Malcolm Brogdon with this season and next at age 31 and get a protected first-round pick. What if Amphrey Simon's trade value is exactly the same? Well, trading a 24-year-old who you gave a $100 million contract to with this year and two seasons remaining, so two and a half years left, two and three-quarters years left on his deal— Trading that player for a protected first round pick is just not good asset management. You didn't, you're not doing a good job. So the trade, like for the Blazers, it makes more sense to hold on to Ant and hope he grows into something than take 
the market has spoken on what kind of that type of player is and, and ants. Why fight the market, I guess is my point here. My next next category, helpful but pricey. We're in the top three. We hit the top three range. Helpful but pricey, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is the perfect skill set to be the fourth best player on an NBA team. For, perfect skill set. Um, he's not an elite point of attack defender, but he can be an engaged help defender. And he can guard in isolation against guys his size. I think that's his best skill, actually. is not as a help defender, but as a like... Hey, you're six eight. You're in isolation, and Jeremy the ball's right in front of Jeremy Grant, and he can guard like he can guard someone who's not going to just like blow by him with quickness. And he's a bucket. He gets to the free throw line. Um, he's a really good catch and shoot shooter. He's having a great shooting season yet again. He's um, he scores in isolation. Sometimes he takes way too many ISO jumpers in, in any individual game, but like he can help his positional sort of the positional need of, of someone who can, who's like a, a four stretchy four has value in the league. Um, he does a rebound, but there's plenty of look around the leagues, plenty of dudes who don't rebound and play power forward in the NBA these days. It's, it's a position that the league kind of killed. They stylistically murdered the power forward position. Um, Grant could help good teams win. He just paid not like a, the fourth best player. He's playing like a 2-3 cusp. Um, you know, his money isn't outrageous in the new world of the CBA into the future. But it is a lot of Jeremy Grant. Um, 27 and a half this year. 29.7, 32, 34.2, and a player option for 36 and a half. That's a lot of money. Um, it's... Two years when he's thirty, age 32 season, age 33 season in 26, 27, and then 27, 28. That's just a lot of Jeremy Grant. So if you're trading for him, you're not trading for two playoff runs. You're trading for four years. Um, and I think that drives down his value a little bit. Um, you know, I, had, I was on Nate Duncan's podcast uh, at the beginning of the season. He was convinced that Jeremy Grant both had trade value and would be traded. I don't feel as strongly. Nate's super smart. That's why I shout him out here. But like, I don't feel that strongly. I think he has maybe somewhat limited trade value because I don't love the contract. And I don't think, whereas Brogdon needs to be traded because of the positional logjam, if Jeremy Grant gets traded, they're, get, they're in trouble in a hurry um, because of just the, the because of who they have at forward. They just, the, the depth is not there. It's a lot of Jabari Walker and Tamani Kamara. And you could argue that for the final 20 games of the season, that doesn't really matter. And who they get back might be able to play, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I might agree with you, but I just think um, it's, not as, it's not as dire for them to do it. And Jeremy Grant will have um, trade value into the future because he's under contract for a long time. I don't think they have to trade him. And I don't think necessarily, um, you know, when they gave him all that money, I don't think they... <laughs> You know, he, he had some leverage to get all that money, but I don't think this was like a flippy type contract. I think this was a, yeah, he'll be part of this core because we need talent. But eventually he's going to like the timeline stuff with Scoot and Shaden's going to matter more when they're actually good. Uh, and if and if you know, if you're bad, the timeline doesn't really matter. But like Jeremy Grant's you know, 10 years older than them. And that is something that could come up in the future. And I think he could help good teams. He has trade value out there. It's just the money is, another team's going to have to want a lot of Jeremy Grant to make that deal. Final two spots. You could have guessed them. The Blazers players with the highest trade value in my mind are Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp. Two dudes, they're not going to trade. These are cornerstones. Um, you know, I know that like your neighbor, 
probably told you that scoots a bust. You got one of those basketball neighbors. They see you taking your recycling bins out, or maybe they see you at, if you live in an apartment, they see you at the, in the mail room. And uh, they're t- like, hey, hey, Mike, sco- scoots a bust. All right, cool. Uh, that person doesn't think Scoot's trade value is that high. I think it's still very, 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 very high. He's 19. You've got not only do you have three more years under this rookie contract for rookies, they're on they're they're restricted free agents. They don't even get to actually go into free agency. You can you are they're under team control for up to eight more seasons, up to nine more up nine and eight or nine more seasons, depending on it, what kind of contract you want to give them. But like if you trade for them and you want them on your team, they're there for a long time. Trading for a 19-year-old that you could have under contract for nine years is a pretty good deal. Trading for a 20-year-old to get under contract for nine years is a pretty good deal. I guess for Shane Sharp, it's only seven and some change. So, um, you know, I think Scoot's going to be really good. I think Shane Sharp's going to be darn good too. Um, neither of them have really hit it in stride with consistency. Scoot has just like not been good at all. He's had some flashes. Um, and, and Shaden Sharp has shown these moments where it's like, you know, five games where it's like, he's really good. And then things change on the roster and he doesn't have that same impact, that same oomph. You know, development is neither linear nor guaranteed. It's up and down. Um, and these guys are going to be up and down and, and Scoot is, um, has had a rocky beginning to his career. So we'll see what the rest of uh, the rest of the, um, the ride looks like, but these are, these are, these are cornerstones. These are, these are the type of players franchises would love, 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 love to trade for. These are your most valuable players. That's your trade rankings. I'm sure you disagree. Or maybe you agree and you just want to send a nice note, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com or sound off in the YouTube comments. Um, I know you will. So, that's going to do it for this, today's show. If, um, come back, if don't no if no if on that come back uh we do this every day five days a week and you're listening to tuesday show and on tuesday evening the blazers play the phoenix suns so that means on wednesday we'll have a recap of the suns game uh looking ahead thursday they play against the washington wizards we'll look ahead to that game we'll recap it on friday that's what we do five days a week wherever you get podcasts and it's also on youtube so tell your friends about the program and then come back for tomorrow's show. We'll recap a game against the Suns, see if the Blazers can get back on the right side of winning. Um, that's, that's your Blazers trade rankings. That's what I think. Um, share this one with your friends. Maybe you can uh, you can find something to argue about with someone in the mailroom. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.